Welcome to A Drink with a Friend. I'm Seth Haynes. And I'm Tish Oxenreiter. Tish, we are recording at not a normal hour. It's early-ish. It is early-ish. Early-ish. It's early for us. Yeah, it is early for us. And so I have a guess as to what you're drinking. (laughs) Right. Um, Plain old black coffee. (laughs) My morning beverage of choice. Yeah. Indeed. um, I've been awake like an almost two hours. So it's not like I'm just now waking up, but I was just telling you, I haven't talked much. So I sound like I'm just now waking up, but yeah, my black coffee. Okay. So I've started this trick where I'm drinking from a teeny tiny mug so that I drink less, but I still am like refilling it three times. So I'm psychologically telling myself I'm getting refills. Um, yeah, but I so right. I'm on, I'm on my second mug, but this thing is really, truly like a, almost like a shot glass of, um, of a coffee mug. So I'm probably still on my first half of coffee. How about you? Can what you are you drinking? Up to the, hold, it, hold it up to oh. the camera first. I want to I want to see it. I mean, I know the readers can't see it, but truly this no. is, I mean, it's I like think, a- I think if people saw this mug, they would say it's cute. <laughs> it is cute so, because is I got it at Fabled Bookstore a few weeks ago, whenever I went and spoke at a live event for them, that this mm-hmm. is their thank you gift for me. And I would have never bought it Aww. otherwise because it's way too small for, I mean, I feel like a, a giant or like a little kid playing tea, but um, turns out I really like it, and I didn't know I needed a tiny mug. So and it's super cute. It's like go. a pot of gold with a handle on it. So maybe it it's like a, it's and it's and we're recording this on St. Patrick's Day. So maybe I it's just like remember sort of this that whole leprechaun theme yeah. that you got going on. That's right. Thank you for reminding me. I forgot. All right, mm. uh, what are you drinking? As though I need. Well, to ask. I mean, you can imagine. Yeah, you don't even need to ask. It's black coffee. Just. Plain old, unadulterated, black as night coffee. Um, Mm -hmm. I put really nothing in it. I made it out of the Keurig machine at my office, so it's terrible. Um, But I actually uh, did eight ounces of water instead of 10 just to concentrate it a little bit more um, Mm -hmm. because that's how I'm feeling about life right now. I need concentrated coffee. Yeah, you've been working a lot, which is why we're uh, recording so early. It mm-hmm. is. It is. I have been working a lot. Um, you know, as the listeners know, I am an attorney. Don't hate me. Um, if you are an attorney, <laughs> though, um, you should love me more. I commiserate with you because at every party, church event, everything you ever go to, you always have to hear <laughs> the jokes. So I'm there with you. Um, and so, yeah, we've been sort of grinding it out around here for the last really month-ish, month and a half. Um, and our spring break is next week. And I think... Next week is my first full week where I don't have to think about this at all. I think we'll be done. Oh, that'll be a nice break for you. I'm so glad. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. We're probably going to see the Batman movie. We're going to eat some uh, beignets down in New Orleans. Maybe go do some fishing off the coast. I mean, it's going to be a fun times. Nice, which is actually a really great way to say right now before we forget that we are taking next week off from the podcast. So you will not have a new episode in your feed next week, but that's okay because you've got plenty to listen to in the archives or go do something else. Get offline and go fishing yourself. That's right. So That's right. And yeah. speaking of listening to, that's what we're <laughs> going to talk about today, isn't it? Uh, we're talking about, uh, yes, listening to among other things. You know, the part of... Things. 
uh, the show that we do just about every week as we talk about something that's adding more beauty to our lives. And just because we mentioned one thing doesn't mean that there's not other things that we do like um, on a regular basis. So we thought it would be a fun way before we break for spring break just to talk about things we're liking. Because as you told me over text that even though you're really busy with work right now, it doesn't mean you don't still like things. So still we're just going to back like and forth. Things. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I still like things. In fact, I still love some things. Cool. And I well, like I want to hear about things. them. All right. Well, why don't you tell okay. me, why don't you go first and tell us one thing that you are really digging right now? Well, all of my things, actually two of my three things are actually vintage for me. Vintage me, Ooh. not vintage in the vintage sense of the word, although one is vintage vintage. This is getting very okay. confusing. Yes, um, just tell us. <laughs> so two weeks, yeah, sorry about all the, it's super early as we've already said. So um, two weeks ago, I was cleaning out my bookshelf as one does and getting rid right. of things. And I, it's a long, years ago, uh, over a decade ago, a dear friend named David Jackson, <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. anyone from Northwest Arkansas who knows Dr. David Jackson is a big fan. He gave me, uh, a book. He was also cleaning out his bookshelf. They were moving into a smaller house and he was getting rid of all of his books. Literally, he had like 15 or 10 bookcases and he was like trying to pare it all down to one. And one of the books that he gave me because he had an extra copy of it was The Collected Poems of Wendell Berry. And if anyone knows Wendell Berry, this is the green, the green paperback collection. This is not the new yeah. collection. It's the green sure. Wendell Berry. Um. And so he gave me a copy of uh, this book, which obviously I immediately fell in love with. I had already liked Wendell Berry's essays and had read a lot of mm-hmm. his poems, but I had never read him as a collection. Somewhere along the way, and I can't say exactly how it happened, I picked up a second copy. And as I was cleaning out my um, uh, books, I was kind of looking through them, and I actually had underlined in both of them and I had underlined the same poems, almost the same lines, which means if <laughs> nothing else, I'm did. consistent. Um, yeah. And so I can't tell you which one David gave me. So I don't want to give either huh. of these collections of poems away because I don't want to give away the one that David gave me. Is that, that's kind of weird, isn't it? That was a but gift. No, was I, a get gift. Like, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, so I sat down uh, this weekend and I just kind of thumbed through and started reading his poems again, um, which, you know, we've talked about this for years and years. Um, I, I frequently read his poems. This is not unusual for me to do. But as I sat down, I started really uh, diving into his war poems again. Uh-huh. Man, you just talk about clarity and vision and mm. the understanding of humanity in his war poems, uh, particularly his his uh, poem against the war in Vietnam. And as I just read this, I it it just struck me um, that what we need right now is less. We we need less politicians. Sorry if you're a politician listening to this, and we need more poets. And in fact, mm-hmm. I think we even need less like paid religious figures talking about things and more poets. Um, mm. Because as I was reading this, the, these, this group of grouping of poems, it struck me that 
you know, I, I've I've recently written this poem about the 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 woman um, in Ukraine yeah. who goes to the wall and prays and and these things. Um, you know, she's carrying a very specific burden. I work out with a guy who is is Russian, and he has cousins actually in the military on both both sides who are texting each oh, other. Oh wow! Oh um, my god! Oh my just gosh! The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the pain of like, hey, if we end up in the same town, let's try not to kill each other, okay? Um, and and he was just telling me this story of the aunt who's like weeping for the fact that she has you know a a nephew and a son on separate sides mm-hmm. and. Um, and, and the people, you know, the people are people. We don't want to be in war. Like for the most yeah. part, the citizens don't want to be in war. Ukrainians don't want to be in war. A lot of Russians don't want to yeah. be in war. I, yeah. I don't want to be in war. Um, but these politicians and these nationalistic, you know, sort of meanderings and working outings of religion, um, you know, they're the powers that are pushing, that are pushing the violence. And, so as I was reading Wendell Berry, I was just really drawn to the beauty of the fact that we are all members of the same human race and we all functionally and essentially want the same things. Um, and if we could have those things, the vast majority of us would be very, very happy. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know, it was just yeah. a, a, a stunning reminder through poetry. Piece of the Wild Things is a poem I read Anytime I feel stressed about the news or politics or mm. like right now, I have read it several times since uh, the invasion of Ukraine happened. Um, yep. Because that's he's got when a way, the spirit of the world sets in. That's right. You go and, and sit and watch the heron. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. It, yeah. I think you're exactly right. Um, Kind of a, as an aside, I know since you're not on social media, there was a video that went out of a Russian soldier, prisoner of war, actually, who was basically confessing to the world, like, hey, we didn't know what we were getting into. We thought we were on a peacekeeping mission. Like, mm-hmm. that's what they told us. And so when we mm-hmm. came into Ukraine, we thought we were doing, we thought we were the good guys. And when mm-hmm. we came in and we started realizing, oh, we're supposed to be like invading we were sorry. We had no idea. And it was yeah. not only really gutsy of him to own up to that, like publicly, but it was really insightful to even hear from him. I mean, and he was sitting by two of his colleagues. They were all beat up looking like disheveled. They were real soldiers yeah. and they were yeah, honestly just asking for forgiveness. We had no idea this is what we were going in for. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's complicated, <sighs> um, but at the end of the it day, I is. find that poetry gives me footing and grounding and the ability to sort of make sense mm-hmm. of things, and it also gives me the yeah. ability to empathize with, you know, the the woman at the wall or empathize with uh, the aunt who's staring down the very real possibility of losing a son and a nephew. You know, th- th- that's what right. poetry does at its best. It, it gives us a different right. view of the world. That's right. So that's right. So Tish, what are you reading? Uh, tell me something. Yeah. So um, I am reading. I did read yesterday, and I'm going to read again today because it's very short. The Abolition of Man by C.S. Lewis. We have talked mm. about mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis before, and how um, I'm really reading more of him lately. This is a collection of talks he gave during World War II that have mm. been compiled into a very short three-part book. I mean, it's three chapters. It's more like three parts. 
it is his hardest work. It like honestly, I had so I listened via audiobook yesterday mm, because yeah. right now I'm listening to a lot of audiobooks because it's gardening season. So I like to listen as I like get my hands on the dirt. And yep. it's one of my favorite things to do. It's like the thing I look forward to all year long. But anyway, um, I had to actually like back up several times because it was like, what did you just say? <laughs> I don't understand what you just meant. But it was so good. And some of the bits of it. Well, let me just give the little 10 peso explanation of what yeah. the abolition yep. of man is. So why it's largely considered his toughest work is because he is basically tackling this thorny question of whether moral value is objective. Um, when we say something is right or wrong or good or bad, are we recognizing a reality outside of ourselves or are we um, reporting on a subjective feeling we have? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. he is doing this purely from a philosophical standpoint, standpoint, not really theological. He does say near the end that he is a Christian, but he is actually saying that aside from that, like that, that's, that's an additional thought right now. Let's get into objectivism versus subjectivism. And so there are paragraphs that could have been written last week. That yeah, yeah. yes, this was about World War II, but holy cow, is he addressing the issues of our times. And yeah. um, so it was just really compelling. I'm going to listen to it again because it is under two hours long. It's really short. It's um, if you have an audible subscription, it's in, it's included in the library. So it's free right now. Um, I will say I'm, a, I'm about to plug something that I haven't even read. Uh, there's a new book out by Michael Ward. Um, he published with word on fire uh, called after humanity, a guide to the abolition of man. And I hear it's fantastic. I hear oh. because that it's one of these because it's such a inaccessible work of his that this smart guy basically sheds the light that we need to understand it um, both academically and also the um, the circumstances of Lewis's life as a veteran of the First World War. So, oh, wow. the abolition okay. of man it's it sounds heavy. I mean, it is very heavy. It sounds like it would be um, emotionally heavy, but it was actually weirdly encouraging to me because of that yeah. whole um ecclesiastical there's nothing new under the sun idea like yeah. yeah to me it just gave me um a little bit of solace to hear that gosh or to be reminded that we have been asking these same dadgum questions since the beginning of time and will continue to so even though i can be despondent about our current culture and the way people are and there's good reason to it doesn't mean all is lost so yeah. no not only does it not mean all is lost it means all is the same all is circuitous yeah. all is circle yeah. um right. yeah i think right. that's a really good insight too just that like it's important to read I mean, we've talked about this before it's important to read the old dead guys um, that's right because their depth of insight comes back around in really surprising ways even in you know, again, let's like talking about Barry, right? He's writing against the war in Vietnam, but but the same mm -hmm. truths apply, um, you know, to the war yeah. that's happening right now in Ukraine. Um, I think that's so more really important than ever right now, especially for our, you know, our very soundbite happy culture and the way we like to consume news and media. And when we just feel less and less certain about what we can trust and who we can trust, that there is something really sturdy about the old dead people. Um Yes. saying these timeless things that we need to feel more human and to be reminded we're not alone. So yeah. Yep. All yep. right. 
What about you? What's another thing that you're liking right now? Well, I um, let's we can move into the listen sphere. Um, and and okay. I have really struggled with new music in part because I've been working so much. And when you're working a lot, you can't really like you can't really take in new music. There's a an album from 2021 that dropped right when I was beginning this really weird cycle by Sean Hayes that I've kind of listened to a little bit. I really love it. I don't know if you know Sean Hayes, but um, he has a, a 2021 album that's kind of soulful and beautiful and amazing. He's kind of a, I don't know. He had this old album that I think it was called, well, Alabama Chicken was on it. And I think that may have been the name <laughs> of the album, but it's such a, he's such a good artist. But um, but so I've kind of been meandering around, but one album that I can just sort of put on, and there are a few artists like this, but there's one album in particular or one artist in particular that I can kind of put on their work. And I just know it so well that it, it, it's groovy. It helps me get into a writing groove or, or a briefing groove or, you know, an outlining groove or whatever without distraction. Um, do you know the band Half Moon Run? Mm-mm, I don't at all. Tell me. Oh gosh, it's a Canadian band. Uh, young guys. Um, I you know I don't know how young, but certainly like almost young enough to be my kid. Like if I had been wild in high school mm. or something. Um, but it's this <laughs> Canadian band. Yeah, you can do with that what you will. Um, it's this Canadian band that that just has this really amazing sound. They can pull off like actual rock uh they can pull yeah. off you know sort of more acoustic vibey stuff um they're just really good they're and i i love them but anyway nice. yesterday i was in the coffee shop downstairs um and they, they came on and i was like oh my gosh i gotta go back in so i just like all day yesterday i just dove into half moon run now here's the thing that i really like about Half Moon Run, and this is this is actually a tribute to Amber who turned me on to this. But they have a newsletter, and yeah. it's just like the lead singer is just like writing about traveling and touring in his life, and um, and he's always so gracious and so thankful that people would listen to him and to their band, and um, but he just sounds like you know like your nephew or something, right? Like just your nephew mm. writing home. Um, and right. so his newsletter, which I don't have the link to off the top of my head, and we'll, I can't. We'll we'll dig it up. <laughs> yeah, we need to link it in the show notes because it's it's truly amazing. Now, he, here's what I'll tell you about Half Moon Run. I, I'm fairly sure that that my favorite album of theirs uh, is is pretty much about heroin. So there is that. <laughs> so, right. you know, listener warning. If uh, if if you're one of those people who has a heroin problem, this is probably not a really great album for you. But um, it's called Dark Eyes, Half Moon Run, Dark Eyes. Uh, it's an amazing... No, no, no. Nope, that's not the... Uh, it's either Dark Eyes or Sun Leads Me On. I can't really remember. But they they're, they both have very similar uh, thematic elements. Um, mm-hmm. But what I will tell you about the album is that even though even though it is about uh, it seems to be about a good bit of illicit drug use, it is intensely human. Um, mm. And, and, and sure. as their, as their career has progressed, they've gotten even more and more human. Um, and, and they've kind of made this turn from like sort of the angsty darkness of twenties 
and more into sort of the beauty of the world. And, and so mm. in that way, it's just been really interesting to watch them grow as a band and I really love them. And I think everybody nice. should, uh, should listen to them. Very cool. I will go check them out after this. I've never heard of yeah. them, but I'm glad to know them now. Oh man. It's great. If you like Canadians and you like rock and roll, <laughs> this is the band for you. I do like both. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. You know, right. I, as a quick aside, have you ever thought about how kind Canadians are? We were having this discussion yesterday in our house because I've never met a mean Canadian. I'm sure they exist, but I've never met one. Okay. Question two. Have you ever thought about how nice Mormons are? (laughs) Yeah, I've thought about that. So so, um, (laughs) could you imagine, and I would love, if we have a listener that is one, I would love to talk to you. Could you imagine Mm -hmm. a Canadian Mormon? There couldn't be a nicer human on the face of the earth. (laughs) That's probably true. The 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 Venn diagram is one circle of like the nicest people right there. Right. That's funny. That's 100% true. That's 100% true. So anyway, just for what it's worth to all our Canadian Mormon listeners, we are for you, your country. All one of you. And your music. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. That's correct. Um, so what about you? What are you listening to? Yeah. All right. I'm cheating because I'm going to name two things, but mostly one. So it's like one and a half. Okay. The first thing is the band Mountain Man, who has, have you heard of them? Oh, yeah. It's okay. Mountain Man. Now it's not Mountain Goats. It's Mountain Man. Um, They are a trio of, yes, that's true. Trio of women who met in college uh, I was just reading their backstory. One of them heard the other one in their dorm room, like they were down in the kitchen singing um, this amazing song. And she ran downstairs and said, like, you can sing, teach me whatever it is you're singing. And they became best friends. And then they brought in oh, this wow. third friend. And long story short, they are a band. Um, anyway, they uh, went radio silent for quite a while, not because they broke up or whatever. They just had other things in their life. Um, But then they released some stuff in 2020, which is very fun. And so they have a live album that I find delightful called Look at Me, Don't Look at Me. And it is just nice, chill music. You know, we've talked about how music has a season. To me, it's very spring, their stuff. And so they've been just pleasantly on in the background as I do work. I usually can't write or do any deep work with uh, music with lyrics on. But for them, like, because it's so, uh, I I, like their cadence is so, I don't want to say monotonous because that makes it sound boring, but it almost feels like a form of Gregorian chant, but in a folksy way Mm. that it just, they just are soothing and in the back. Uh, yeah. Um, they're live. The one kind of complaint I have, but it's not really a complaint. It just is what it is. It's a live album. And so there's banter in between a lot of songs, but the plus side is, is they made the banter its own track. And so you can just skip it hmm. and then just go right oh, on to the next song. So what are they bantering about? I like that they did that. Oh, just, you know, like, Ooh, there's a bug under the microphone. Like, you know, like normal live music stuff. It's, um, you know, a couple hundred people. It's, I believe they were, it says live at St. Mark's Cathedral. So wherever that is, um, uh, they're from okay. New England. So it might be from up there. So it's a lovely little live album and I really like it. Um, the half one I'm going to say is I on, I almost texted you this in case you didn't hear this because it was so good. A new episode from Honestly, uh, Barry Weiss's podcast mm, dropped yesterday. That is, I think, 
it is a must listen. I, I texted okay. it to Kyle, my dad, um, and I thought of other people. It's called Things Worth Fighting For. And I think mm. it is very timely. She's responding to Ukraine, but she's what she's saying is uh, we are watching Ukrainian people know what they're fighting for. What about us? Do we know what we're fighting for when if we were put in this situation, we meaning Americans, would we feel the way they feel? Do, would we have the guts that L- Zelensky has? Um, and it's just a well written. I, it is actually written because you can actually just read the transcript on her Substack uh, oh, okay. episode that I think is a must listen. So I'm going to just put it in the show notes for people because I want you all to listen to it. It's a one-off thing. So that's my little half like slide in there. That's what I want people to listen to because I thought it was fantastic. And it was very she encouraging, does a good job. honestly. She, yeah, she does. she does a good job. I, you know, it's hard as a podcast host to listen to other to uh, list and recommend to other podcasts for a variety of reasons. You know, that just a long form podcast, people just, you're going to disagree with things that they say. And in this day and age, it's like, if you say, yeah, I like what they're doing. Everyone assumes that you ergo agree with everything they say. We're just a really ridiculous people in that way. You know? Well, and that's a whole, that's a whole other topic that I think is interesting because we do have this weird idea that if we retweet anything, if we link to someone's newsletter, that means we are whole hog endorsing everything they say. And so even when I mentioned this episode, I would say there's probably 80% that I agree with and another 20% that I'm like, yeah, I don't know. But I haven't, I literally listened to it yesterday. So I haven't even had a time, had time to like really digest things. So I've been learning a lot about slowing down my my need to respond or have an opinion about everything right away anyway. And so I don't even know what I think about every single thing she said. I would just say on the whole, it's a great episode. So there's a lesson for yeah. all of us, you know. That's great. And I will say I, I whole hog very few things. I half hog a lot of things. Hmm. Yeah. Bacon sounds okay. good. So. Now that you mm-hmm. said that. Yes. Um, so I guess that brings us to okay. the last category, which is things we're watching. Things we are no, watching. Listen. So what no, are you I, watching? Are you watching anything right now? Well, sort of. Um, off and on, we are watching. And I really like it. And if I tell you what it is, you're going to know exactly. If I just say one word, you're going to know exactly what it is. Uhtred of Bebenbur. Ooh, the last kingdom. Yeah, it's so good. It's your fault that we're watching this because you um, okay. said something about it. And then we started watching mm-hmm. it. And it's so good. We are in the third season, I think. And it get, it swings pretty dark in the third season. Um, oh, you're ahead of us. That's the then. one with... Oh, boy. it like if it, It's not really super dark before. It's just kind of dramatic. But the third season, season swings real dark. But... Um, wow. I mean, dark in a interesting sort of way. Anyway, the themes in the show of lightness and darkness, particularly with the way they do the cinematography, um, like really like bringing that theme to life. Man, it's just it's uh-huh. just really well done. And the guy that plays Uhtred, um is a phenomenal actor. He is so very like good. It. He's really good. Is it? 
I'm assuming you're probably watching the unfiltered, unedited version that comes straight yeah, on Netflix. We just watch, yeah, we just watch whatever's streaming. I do not use the VidAngel I know. Thing. I know. We're kind of the um, anomaly there. And I, I'm probably more sensitive than most when it comes to extra goodness when it, you know, like violence <laughs> and nudity. Well, but, we, um, there's a lot on the violence front, particularly it's it's it can get serious and so there are times when i'm like oh nope can't watch this part this battle um and just kind of yeah. take take three or four minutes to sort of look away um and i've always kind of been that way since i was a kid actually yeah and so i think we just say that for the listeners right now like use your discretion it is a violent show there are some sex scenes on it it's not a family friendly situation but it's definitely it's great family friendly I don't necessarily, man, this probably shows how bad my memory is. I don't really, I haven't really thought much of the sexy time stuff. I mean, we try not to like indulge that anyway too much. Um, right. So if you know it's coming, it's pretty easy to skip through. It's the violence it that really gets me. Like when I see somebody stab someone in the jugular or something, it just uh-huh. makes me yeah. want to go yeah. away but you know what there hey scenes, listen violent violence uh-huh. in war it's like a part of life well and not only that um this time of history <laughs> i mean we're talking literal vikings uh it, it's violent they were just that's the way it was so it's accurate the thing that the thing that is fascinating to me though is um and i thought about this in the last episode that we watched the thing that is fascinating to me is thinking through like you know, this is how the majority of people live for the majority of history. It was like we are born mm-hmm. here to fight for the things that we believe in, um, to do battle for the things that we believe in, and to live good lives in that regard. And when we're dead, maybe because somebody kills us, we go on to the afterlife and and enjoy the spoils of the goodness that we reaped that we sowed here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think we are a very sanitized culture now, so we're we're quite used to um getting to just hit the skip button of life, you know, whenever things aren't the way we want them to be or we we'd rather not see things. So uh yeah. Yeah. That that's You can't that's a good you, point. The, there mm-hmm. was no there was no vid angel for life back in the uh 5 600s. <laughs> no, there's you know not. I mean? Yeah. No internet um, culture. Well, Right, right, and so, so anyway, that's that's yeah, that's mine. Yeah, it's fantastic. And so, speaking of, I guess unfiltered watching, I'm going to take a complete pendulum swing to talk about what I'm watching or what we just finished up to you know the current season available, and I loved it so much. I've been thinking about writing a piece for my Substack about the benefit or just the place wholesome viewing has in our lives, like wholesome, but not terrible, not like intentionally for kids, um, because that's what this is. It, have you seen All Creatures Great and Small on PBS? Have not. Okay. I highly recommend it. It is definitely PG, so it's super family friendly, but that's not why you would watch it. Like it's, it's, that's just a handy, you know, byproduct where you can watch it with your kids. It is such Mm. good, fun, uplifting storytelling that I feel like 
is therapy. I watched the show and it feels like I just had a counseling session, not because of the topic, but because of the um, pacing, the beauty of the the scenery, the nature, the character development, everything about it is so fantastic. So uh, the original source material is the memoirs of James Harriet from the 1930s. So if you've heard of All Creatures Great and Small, there is a, I don't know, I feel like there were a lot of books he wrote, like All Creatures Great and Small, All Things Bright and Beautiful. I forget. There's like four or five books. Um, he, he was all a the country- things about all things? Probably. Yeah. So he, uh, he was a country vet, uh, a farm vet. And these are his memoirs. He's from Scotland. He moved to Yorkshire to work for a vet clinic in, you know, middle of nowhere, basically, in the English countryside in uh, the area of Yorkshire. And it is these stories of what it was like to be you know, the vet for the this farming community. And so the show basically takes his memoirs, which I'm now listening to on audiobook as I work, and mm. it is um, very accurate so far. But it is just such the right amount of wholesome because you're not scarred watching anything, but the storytelling is still good. I mean, I'm sure there's a little bit of saccharin to it, but sometimes you kind of need that saccharin if that – I mean – yeah. Saccharin's not the right word because I have a negative connotation with saccharin. Um, sorry, Kyle, I'm rambling here. Um, the storytelling is so good because it's about real people. It's about real, you know, this is based on a true story, but it's about just real relationships. It's about thinking about men and women in a way that just feels the way we're supposed to think about each other. Um, it's about a village in a time when everybody knew each other where you had to walk Mm. to the phone booth to call the vet and the vet at two in the morning would get on his boots with his pajamas on and drive down to help you, you know, deliver a baby cow. I know there's a real term for that. Um, And it's just endearing in that regard. So I absolutely love it. It's, it's, uh, a masterpiece show, which I'm—I don't know. The older I get, the more I appreciate PBS masterpiece shows. Uh, I don't—I was talking with Haley Stewart, friend of the show, and we were both just recently saying our new thing is like PBS shows and puzzles, and so we're now officially like 87 years old because yeah, 87, you know, and That's going to bed at about, 9 p.m. Yeah, those are all correct things. If you're doing so. those things, you are 87 <laughs> years old. But not anyway, to cast any aspersions it's, it's really on good. any of our. Any of our listeners who like PBS and <laughs> going to bed by nine. It really is so good. And I think – and I honestly think you and Amber would like it. Like, yeah, I mean, I right, like we'll check it out. The Expanse too. I like The Last Kingdom, but I think you guys would like this as well. There are a lot of hands up animal butts. That's that's the disclosure. Oh, we, that's As body. a family, we just kind of – yeah. Well, we just laugh like, oh, there's the uh, requisite – hand up the butt for this episode because gosh i mean that alone makes me not want to be a farm vet because i just think you're just rolling up your sleeve and going right on in without any you know hesitation and it is a thing yeah it's a thing but um it's it's lovely well and that's what made me think of whenever you just said and whenever you said the thing about how like uh most of human history has been violent. I think most of human yeah. history, we've also just been so much more aware of the reality of like survival in this regard. 
you know, most of time we've been farmers. And so watching cows give birth and having to dig right on in there is just <laughs> the way we've been. It's a thing and, uh, that happened. <laughs> so anyway, all that to say, watch All Creatures Great and all Small. Right. It's really we'll good. We'll do it. We'll make it happen. All right. Well, it is time to wrap this episode up. You can find this episode as well as all episodes at A Drink with a Friend. If you like this show and what we're doing here, please help keep it going by picking up the next round of drinks at the cost of a cup of coffee or a pint. You can play a big part. Find the link to do this in the show notes of this episode or at adrinkwithafriend.com. That's also where you can find the, sh- the show notes of this episode because we mentioned a lot of different links. Um, also reminder to join us in Tuscany this summer. It's shaping up nicely the group we've got going, but there is still room, so come on along. You can find the link to do that. And then final reminder, we're taking next week off, so we'll see you in two weeks. You can find me and how to connect with me, especially via my newsletter at tishoxenrider.com. Seth, how about you? They can find me at sethhaines.substack.com and that's with an I. Seth Haynes, H-A-I-N-E-S. Oh, yeah. Right. Music for the show is by Kevin McLeod. Editing is by Kyle Oxenreiter. I'm Tish Oxenreiter with Seth, and we will be back here at the table with you in a few weeks. Thanks for listening. <laughs>